This podcast is made possible by listener support on Patreon. If you would like to support the podcast, please visit patreon.com slash Sam Reed's Near-Death Experiences. Why should I be frightened of dying? You know reason for it. You better go sometimes. Hello. Welcome to the Sam Reed's Near-Death Experiences podcast. Thank you very much for uh, listening today. We have a very interesting and uh, uh, fascinating near-death experience to to read um, on this episode. Um, It is coming from a woman named Talesa. I'm not sure how uh, her name is supposed to be pronounced. I hope I got that right. Fingers crossed. Um... And this near-death experience that she had was was quite recent. It was uh, uh, about a year ago. It was December of 2017. Um, Talisa had just had a baby, um, and I guess she had what's what's called a, a pulmonary embolism. Um, and I don't know what that is, but uh, apparently, as she discusses in her story, it is extremely fatal has like a 98% uh, mortality rate. Um, so it's an absolute miracle that, that Talese is still with us. And, um, and she had this incredible experience, um, which brought up a lot of interesting things to discuss. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, to getting to share it with you all um, and seeing what, what you all think of it. Um, uh, this story is coming from uh, the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. Um, uh, the website is nderf.org. Uh, I will share the link in the uh, podcast description so you can check it out. And I highly encourage you to, to uh, if you're interested in this sort of thing, to look at some of the other stories that um, are on that website. It's an absolutely uh a crucial resource for for anyone who is um, interested in near death experiences and reading the stories, and um, I'm very grateful to them for for everything that they've done and, and gathering together all these stories. Um, so I, that's kind of all I got. So <laughs> we'll just dive right in um, to this story. Uh, I I really hope you all enjoy it. This is Talesa's near death experience. December 6, 2017, I was holding my newborn baby who had been born in the evening via C-section. Our family was finally complete and I was savoring every moment, except perhaps the sleep deprivation. On December 7, 2017, I was in absolute bliss. The evening had come and my husband and I had just eaten dinner. Then I relaxed against the bed and drifted off to sleep. Moments later, it was as if someone had stood up onto the bed and kicked me square in the chest. I sat up clutching my chest, trying to hand the baby to my husband. He took the baby and ran to the hall to get a nurse. My heart was beating so hard that I could hear it in my ears, and as I looked down, I could see it through my gown. I was vaguely aware that my husband was panicking, 
since he could not get a nurse into the room. Then the light began in the corner of the room near the ceiling, just behind my husband. My energy began leaving my body and flowing into the light, then went into the sky, flowing with the light. The light carried me off into space, beyond our universe, and into a ball of light so bright that I could see it long before I actually reached it. Energy was flowing not only into the massive ball of light, but from it as well. The light was heading off in various directions through the multiverse. I entered the ball of light that I now know as the central sun. I began having visions of my life, not just this one, but every life I had ever lived. This life was the last vision I was shown. The visions were almost like those pictographs I had as a kid. I was shown key points in my lives. I then was given visions of the bad things I had done, as well as the good. My good seemed to outweigh the bad, although in past lives I had done some pretty appalling things. Then I was shown a vision of the earth. Next I saw the vision of myself approaching the central sun. It was as if I were being shown that the central sun was where all energy comes from and returns to, no matter where one calls home from lifetime to lifetime. However, I did encounter familiar energies of loved ones who had passed from this lifetime and other past lives. They were not physical matter, just energy. I knew them instantly, and they knew me, especially those who had been with me in other lives beyond this one. These visions came from within my subconscious, and I understood things that I couldn't possibly have known. I was not met by another entity who claimed to be God. I suddenly was well versed in the knowledge of how the universe works and where dark energy and matter come from. This has led me to research quantum physics to try to understand what happened to me. I was shown a small portion of what my future holds as my purpose in this life was revealed to me. My purpose is to love and be loved and to teach and be taught. I am to be a beacon for those like me, those who have experienced a life-altering reality and are seeking understanding. I was to raise my children to lead from their hearts and accept all of humanity to help them seek balance and understanding. Everything was hyper-realistic, perhaps more real than I have ever known reality to be. I felt like I was there for years and was sure that I had died that day in the hospital holding my baby. I tried to check in on my husband and kids only to realize that only moments had passed. I realized time is an illusion and our energy can communicate without word and it can travel without measure of speed. As I checked in on my family, my newborn daughter cried and I could see my husband crying as well. I then violently slammed back into my body and felt intensely everything they were doing to bring me back. I had four IVs inserted in various places throughout my body as the nurses injected me with adenosine three separate times to try to get my heart rate back down from 225 beats per minute. It worked on the third try 
and my heart rate went back down to a normal 80 beats per minute instantly. I looked over at my husband and told him I loved him, and he said he loved me back. They then wheeled me down for a CAT scan. I was diagnosed with a pulmonary embolism that had lodged in my heart for several moments before traveling to my left lung. The type of embolism I had was referred to by the nurses as a widowmaker because 98% of people do not survive them. My NDE has made me more grateful for the time I get to spend with my loved ones. It also seems like a double-edged sword as I can vividly remember how calming and serene I felt in the light. In the years since my experience, I have met some amazing people with similar experiences as mine and some vastly different with similar parts to their story as mine. I know there is life after life and that while I am in this lifetime, it is my duty to share my gifts with others. I am also trying to raise my own vibration and those around me through frequency, i.e. creativity and talent, in order to awaken their soul to its greater purpose. My life since the NDE has been a bit traumatic since the people I have talked to so far cannot understand what I am talking about when I try to explain my NDE to them. Some think I have gone mad. I also notice that I do not connect to people the way I used to. Now much of the human race disgusts me and I have severe anxiety trying to understand their issues. Many times their experiences seem so trivial and self-centered to me that my heart actually aches. I have also some new gifts since my NDE. I can hear, smell, and even taste electricity. I hear a humming or buzzing when an appliance or device is plugged in, even when it is turned to the off position. I can hear people's thoughts sometimes and get visions of their lives. I can read people's energy and have deja vu often. I dream in vivid color and often leave my body again, as if checking on things at home and reaffirming that what I experienced is real. I remember things from the first five years of my life that I never knew before and had never been told. My whole life has completely turned around and I have found it to be a blessing and a curse as I do not relate to the average person the way I used to. I do hope my story can help others who may be experiencing or have experienced what I went through. Brightest blessings to all who may come across my story. Okay, so that was uh, Talesa's near-death experience. Hope you all enjoyed hearing that. Um, I'm going to try to keep my my thoughts about it somewhat brief. It might be difficult because there's a lot, a lot in it that I found very fascinating. Um, I guess we can just start out with some of the common features that uh, we see in, in this near-death experience, which are um, shared with other near-death experiences. Uh, for instance, the she kind of floats up into the corner of the room um, and she experiences a uh, very bright light. She travels through, through the universe. Um, these are 
features of other near-death experiences as well. Um, she says she encounters uh, loved ones, uh, not their bodies, but I guess their energies, um, which is something, again, that is featured in other near-death experiences. And she, uh, I guess, has a, a review of her past lives. Um, that's something that we saw just in our last uh, podcast um, about Annie's near-death experience. Um, so we have this reincarnation element um, popping up in this in this near-death experience as well. And uh, the life review itself, um, that is something that you see in almost every, every near-death experience, so that is very common as well. So um, and then uh, something I found really interesting was her, uh, the way she discussed some of the after effects of her near-death experience. Um, now, this is something that I've, I've wanted to do an, an episode to focus just on the effects that people have when they come back from near-death experiences, uh, how they're changed and how they view the world differently, how they view people differently. I mean, you... You hear stories about people getting divorced, changing their relationships, changing their jobs, uh, changing their friends. Um, you know, the near-death experiences seem to be profoundly changing, kind of uh, transformative experiences. Um, so I really, really appreciated her her honesty and her her candor um, about. Uh, um, talking about how she she kind of had difficulty dealing with people when she came back. It's it's kind of like she she just saw people's problems for I guess what they are most people's problems, which are kind of trivial, um, and people being wrapped up and uh, wrapped around themselves in their kind of uh, um, myopic selfishness. Um, so I found her discussion of that very uh, uh, honest and, and very interesting because um, y- you kind of get the sense when you when you read enough of these that um, people who have had near-death experiences, when they come back, they're kind of torn between two worlds. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like they, there's a difficulty... Uh, balancing these opposites between the uh, nitty-gritty particular uh, world of humanity where everybody's complaining about their problems and, uh, you know, making mountains out of molehills and uh, all that sort of thing. And then this uh, huge, expansive world within of, uh, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, afterlife, heaven, Spirit, God, etc., etc. Um, so there's kind of this this um, you know dynamic between those two poles. Um, it, it it also kind of remind me of of um, Annie's near death experience, uh, which we just read uh, in the previous episode, and and that is uh, because she she mentioned that when she came back, it's not like she was perfect. Um, it's not like, you know, you, you have one of these experiences and you may be profoundly changed by it and you may 
um, have your consciousness expanded and and your understanding and and you may have gained a lot of wisdom, but it's not like you come back and you're some uh, paragon of virtue and and it's not like you know it's all your problems are solved. I mean, uh, from the sound of things, Talisa has had a lot of issues um, since she's come back from her near-death experience to where um, it sounds like it's it was uh, this experience is difficult to integrate into her normal life. Um, and that's something I've heard from from others as well, that it's it's very difficult to go back to normalcy um, after something like this. Um, she mentions that people don't really understand, you know, you know, uh, you and I, you, you as a listener of, of this podcast and me as someone who's interested in near-death experiences, we, uh, we can kind of understand, but uh, I'm sure really the only understanding for um, someone who, who's had an NDE is another person who's had an NDE. Um, I'm sure there's, there's nothing quite like it. And um, so I, I found her, her discussion of the after effects uh, quite fascinating. And even her, um, what she mentioned about uh, being able to taste electricity um, and, and kind of sense electricity. Now that's, uh, <laughs> I don't quite know what to make of it. I will say that um, I have heard from someone who has had similar effects with electricity and appliances after a near-death experience. I, I can't even begin to uh, to speculate about what <laughs> what that could possibly mean. I mean, when it, it all boils down to we don't understand the um, roots of our consciousness and how it interacts with energy and matter. And um, after you have a near-death experience and perhaps your consciousness is connected to whatever a near-death experience is, it, is uh, whatever that realm is perhaps it has some kind of electrical energetic effect i mean a lot of people report being able to kind of sense other people's moods um that's something she she mentions in in this uh story so that that whole realm of of where consciousness meets matter is is something that uh is is completely a mystery and and it's very interesting to to hear such a specific detail that um you know she has some kind of interaction with electricity and and the fact that I've heard that elsewhere is uh mind-boggling so <laughs> don't don't quite know what to do with that one uh very interesting nonetheless um and I thought I'd I'd probably finish up uh my thoughts on this near-death experience um, by looking into uh, her image, which uh, the story focuses around, which is what she calls the central sun. Um, I don't know to what degree this image um, fully compares and contrasts with um, what other people and other near-death experiences report as a great light. Uh, it certainly seems kind of like that. Um, 
but she seems to uh, use the image of a sun, uh, um, which has energy um, entering it and leaving it. Um, it's kind of, I guess, balanced or in, in a state of equilibrium, I suppose, um, to where energy is returning and energy is going. And she said this is beyond um, beyond the universe and in, in the multiverse. Um, and, and she mentions that she uh, kind of gained all this knowledge about the universe and dark matter and dark energy and she has gotten into quantum physics uh, as a result. And if you'll recall Jim's near-death experience, which we did um, a couple episodes ago, he was similarly interested in uh, quantum mechanics as trying to understand um, what he experienced. And um, I will again admit that I don't have enough knowledge on that uh, subject in order to uh, uh, share anything that that would probably be useful, but uh, I, I think it's very intriguing that uh, we have two recent stories that um, are both looking to, toward the uh, cutting edge of physics and mathematics to try to make sense of what they experienced. So um, that's really cool. And then, so there's this image of um, a sun. And I, I kind of don't know where to start <laughs> with that because... Uh, the sun has been such a ubiquitous and uh, numinous uh, symbol throughout uh, the history of mankind. Um, you know, almost any religion that you look at, you're going to find some kind of relation between uh, deity and the sun. Uh, I was, you know, scrolling through a, a list of of sun gods, and, and it's just like every uh, culture from every time period has some kind of uh, sun deity that um, was supremely important to them. I mean, you can even look at um, Christianity, um, where Christ is compared to the sun, and, and there's even some relation between uh, uh, the um, choice of uh, December 25th as his a birthday uh, for Christmas, although it's not quite clear how that came about, but there's a relation to um, astrological um, movements of the sun and the winter solstice with that date. Um, and I think, I guess the best way to kind of, uh, I guess, get our feet into the water with this is is to try to think about uh, this sun symbol um, coming from the outside in or the inside out or both. Um, you know, you would, the standard scientific approach would be to look um, at all these different cultures um, who contain, have, have this sun symbol in their mythology as some kind of sun deity, uh, Ra in Egypt, uh, Helios. Um, in ancient Greece, or uh, Inti in uh, the Inca mythology, um, there's it's kind of endless. You could it would take the whole <laughs> whole rest of the podcast to list them all. Um, but so the uh, the standard kind of scientific anthropological approach would be to say, okay, well these 
civilizations influenced each other and um, going as, as you go, go farther back, there were obviously people would rely on the sun for agriculture, for warmth, for heat, for light. Um, and so they would have worshipped it like a god it, um, because the sun is such an important part of our lives that it uh, would obviously, you know, um, people would have figured out that um, they, the sun is very important for everything that they need and so they would have worshipped it. Um, and then civilizations would have influenced each other and... Um, you know, shared certain symbolism and uh, and certain practices and certain ideas about the sun. Um, but the other approach that we could look at it from would be from the outside, I'm sorry, from the inside out, um, which would be the more archetypal um, kind of psychological approach, which... Um, even platonic in a way, if you um, want to think about it that way, that that we have these forms and symbols within us which are um, kind of unconsciously projected out onto the world. And it could be both. You know, you could have... Well, obviously, there's... there's we haven't... <laughs> we, we live in a world where there are, are forms and, and objects and and uh, patterns that we pick up on, but um, uh, the fact that we endow them with certain meanings and certain uh, uh, divine nature, that, uh, that might point to some kind of inner reality to uh, these symbols and, and um, forms. The, the fact that the sun is worshipped as God and that it is associated with God and the divine um, all over the world. Uh, you know, China, Polynesia, Scandinavia, uh, Mexico, South America, Africa. Like, it's, it's pretty widespread. That might point to um, some kind of inner reality to, to explain the... Uh, ubiquitous nature of, of the divinity of the sun, um, the fact that so many people found it divine. Um, and the reason I, I kind of lean towards that aspect is because what we see in near-death experiences, as far as we can uh, um, understand them as some natural phenomena when we die, uh, it's not like you get to choose your experience, what you want it to be. Um, it's kind of a given of it is what it is, and each person's is somewhat different and somewhat similar. Um, the fact that a light and a great light and a, uh, you know, a uh, overwhelming loving presence associated with this indescribable light um, and divine nature associated with this light, uh, that is a pretty common theme for most near-death experiences that um, kind of extend past, past the uh, stage of floating above one's body. Um, 
the fact that that we have that as a a very strong motif in near death experiences in in spirituality that would uh, lead me to believe that it has some kind of psychic reality that was has been um, projected onto the natural world over time throughout history, um, which has led to the development of you know all these different religious and spiritual systems that um, use the sun as some kind of divine symbol. Um, I mean, I can even think of some examples in, uh, I believe, Mahayana Buddhism. Uh, there's a certain meditation technique where you visualize the sun, I guess, in your mind, and then um, you do certain... Uh, transformations of it and um, allow it to set down inside you and then eventually it transforms into the Buddha. Um, I already mentioned uh, the association with Christ and the Son um, which is uh, it's kind of funny like did any of you ever watch that movie Zeitgeist? Um in Zeitgeist, they're essentially, I guess, trying to sh- prove that uh, all these religions are uh, fake, um, fake ways of of controlling people and and gaining power over people over the followers of the religion, and so they they have this big chart that shows um, uh, a list of different deities. Um, along with Christ, who were born of virgins and um, were uh, killed and um, arose from the dead um, on a certain uh, day and uh, the uh, were born in uh, the winter solstice. And, like, they, they sh- stack up all these comparisons of, of like, 12 different um, divine figures who were supposed to have uh, done that and have an association with the um, winter solstice and the sun and and so on and so forth and they they take this as some kind of uh, proof that it's all made up um, when it it always seemed to me like you didn't disprove these religions you proved the the empirical validity of an archetype of of a uh, a pattern within the psyche um, something deeply significant. Uh, uh, a, a deeply numinous motif um, that human beings have been trying to figure out um, throughout the ages, uh, something that lives within us. Um, so I always thought that was funny, and, and um, they uh, link it strongly with uh, solar cycles and and uh, the movement of of the zodiac and 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 that's something that also came up uh when I was researching this is um when I was trying to find examples of of an inner sun a central sun within us uh there was a lot of stuff that started coming up that was uh very new age woo woo kind of off the deep end kind of stuff 
Um, for instance, uh, there were a couple articles that came up about uh, the idea that the Earth is hollow and there's some kind of world within the Earth that our uh, Earth's core is an internal sun and uh, all these beings live inside the Earth that are more advanced than us. And it just uh, it makes me laugh because it's... It's an idea that is true psychologically um, and spiritually that gets uh, projected out into the world. And, and we're so scientifically minded, we're so extroverted in our, uh, in our cultural temperament that we think everything has to be real in a concrete way, you know, aliens and Bigfoot and Atlantis and all that stuff. It all has to be really out in the world. Um, and we never really stop to think that some of these things may be real psychologically, but not have a physical existence. Um, you know, the idea that the earth is hollow and there's a sun within the earth um, is a great idea when you think in terms of, of uh, spirit or psyche. Um, this image of the sun within us um, is a great symbol which uh, can be corroborated by dreams and near-death experiences that there's some kind of light within us that we encounter and um, all our lives are um, I guess in relationship with. Uh, Talesa even mentions that these visions she had of her past lives um, she, she says they're coming from the subconscious or the unconscious, um, which is a pretty um, uh, interesting direct reference to, um, I guess, the psyche, um, which is something that I've been trying to... Um, psychology, uh, trying to use psychology as, as some kind of... Uh, base on which to stand as we deal with um, reading these stories because otherwise you're just going to float off into space or you're going to um, get buried in, uh, you know, atheistic skepticism. Um, it's always about trying to find a balance, um, trying to find a way to to look at these stories that doesn't, uh, you know, fly off in either direction. Um, so, yeah, it's <laughs> it was a very uh, interesting image uh, that she used as a central sun uh, burning within us that um, I thought was interesting because of its significance throughout uh, human uh, religious and historical um, progress that we've we've had that image with us, um, either in a pro projected form or um, in a symbolic form uh, throughout our history. So, whenever these historical symbols or mythological symbols pop up in near death experiences, I I like to try to uh, give some context to them and and see if. Um, we can explore them a bit to try and make better sense of, 
of this a deeply profound, intense, transformative, uh, exceptional uh, phenomena, which is the near-death experience. Um, so I think I'll end it there. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you would like to uh, get in touch with me, you may shoot me an email at samreadsneardeathexperiences at gmail.com. Uh, if you can join the Facebook page, I just got uh, the podcast on Spotify. Um, so if you are a fan of using Spotify, there are podcasts on there and uh, feel free to listen to the show on there. Um, please leave a, a five star rating on iTunes or whatever pod- podcast platform that you use. Uh, that really helps us out. And if you enjoy this podcast and, uh, um, think it's useful, think it's interesting, uh, et cetera, please, please share it with a friend or a family member or someone in your, your social network, because um, that would really make me happy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I hope that these um, uh, talking about, uh, you know, the indie um, phenomena is, is helpful to people, either, you know, trying to figure out what their religious beliefs are or people who are dealing with death of a loved one, of, of someone close to them, you know, there could be a thousand reasons that, that someone would would want to learn about these stories and hear these stories, and um, I think they're fascinating, so hopefully uh, we can share them and get them out there. So uh, now we will end with a quote on death. This uh, quote on death today is coming from Gandhi. Um, This is another (laughs) internet quote, so I hope that it's real and not made up and ascribed to him, but um, I liked it, so um, I thought I would share it. Each night when I go to sleep, I die, and the next morning when I wake up, I am reborn.